The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. Hi, this is Mia Mosenzel, also known as Mia No Time for Love. Check out my latest book, Missing, available in print and ebook formats on Amazon. It's now time for the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and sponsored by international award winning author Mia Mosenzia of Missing. The Mike Wagner Show can be heard on over 40 podcast platforms, as well as HamiltonRadio.net, Diamonds FM, and TheMikeWagnerShow.com. We can be heard in over 100 countries, featuring over 1,000 well-known and amazing guests throughout the globe, and named one of the top 100 global podcasts in the New York Weekly Times, Hollywood Entertainment News, Los Angeles Weekly Times, Apple, and Chartable. So sit back and relax and enjoy another great episode of the award-winning Mike Wagner Show. Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show. Powered by Soundcrab Studios. Visit online at soundcrabstudios.com for all your needs. And brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, Mia Molson Zia Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with an amazing veteran West Coast performer from San Francisco. He shared the stage with Elvin Bishop, Greg Allman, also James Cotton, Coco Taylor, and... Um, and the rest of the gang as well, too. His song's been featured on The Game, also Cold Case, Dateline, NBC, Melrose Place. He's also has a new re- his new release featured material written by Bill Haley's original Comets and backed by the Jordanaires. He's also author of two books as well, too. And uh, we'll get to those in a minute. He's got a brand new song, Come On, featuring the Jordanaires and more of his great works. He's very popular by the Bay. Live, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plus Studios in the Golden Gates as a uh, Exemplify in the background as well to the amazing multi-talented veteran West Coast performer from San Francisco, Dave Crimmon. Dave, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Wow, I'm shocked you got all that in. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> What's well, great to have you on board too? I mean, being by the bay is like the biggest thing, you know. Every, everything comes from the bay and uh heads over east. So it's like you guys are pretty much the uh, trendsetters right there, too. So <laughs> Well, not all the time, but, you know, there's there's been a few folks that have come out of the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, that have gotten been blessed and been popular. A few folks have been teleported here, like Janis Joplin and Eddie Money, and uh, became popular here. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a great place to be. It's a good music area. Mm-hmm. And certainly is as well, too. And, of course, you being a veteran West Coast performer for many years, uh, you share the stage with Elvin Bishop, Greg Allman, James Cotton, and uh, Coco Taylor. You, your songs have been featured on The Game, Cold Case, Dateline, NBC, and Melrose Place. You have a new release featuring materials written by the Bill Haley's original Comets and also backed by the Jordanaires. And you are also a two books, which is called Images of American uh, Broadmoor Village and also Daily City Then and Now. And you also had some uh, previous music like Full Circle, Big Daddy D, where he left off, the uh, Son of Sun, and more as well, too. And, um, oh, uh, if, if, if you just ordered some pizza, tell him to come on in. So <laughs> we had that. So. <laughs> pizza is the staff of life. <laughs> That's all right. Just like many of us as well, too. That, coffee and everything. You have a new song uh, featuring the Jordanaires called Come On. We'll talk about some of your other music. And before getting all that, Dave, uh, tell us how you first got started. Oh, um, well, I was born in San Francisco and uh, raised in uh, Broadmoor Village, which is an unincorporated district right in the middle of, but not part of, Daly City. 
Daly City is the first town just south of San Francisco. It's in San Mateo County, not San Francisco County, for all of those that are not in North Cal area. And I'm the baby of the family. I've got an older brother and three older sisters. And uh, the eldest sister, Arlene, is 21 years older than me. So uh, she was bringing home records by Elvis Presley and Little Richard when I was six months old. Wow. And yes, I remember these records being played. And uh, I told all three of my sisters when they got married and moved out, I said, y'all can leave, but your records are staying. And <laughs> They thought I was joking. I was not joking. So uh, Arlene, the eldest one, was also a musician locally. She wasn't professional, but I actually described her amplifier to her one time, and she was in shock. She said, David, you were six months old when I had that thing. I go, yeah, but I know music came out of there. <laughs> So I started real early, you know, yeah, I, I don't think you can get much earlier than six months of age. And, uh, yeah, I just posted on Facebook, uh, last week celebrating my sister's birthday and, uh, happy how, birthday. Uh, she, yeah, she, November 30th, heavenly happy birthday to my sister. God love her. And, uh, I also posted a picture from an Elvis Presley concert on October 26, 1956 at the San Francisco civic that she went to nice. And I can, I can truly understand why my mom wouldn't let me go. I was one year and four days old at that point, <laughs> but I felt the excitement. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you feel the excitement of, of an amplifier uh, at six months old and feeling the presence of Elvis, it's like, you know, I, I guess, you know, what next after two, five, 10 years old, maybe some, um, well, well, peanut butter, banana sandwiches, or like you know, those uh, jelly donuts, you know, coming at you too. So, <laughs> well, back in the fifties, we didn't know he was eating stuff like that. That was born in the seventies, but yeah, totally understand. And uh, I remember being in kindergarten and being four years old, and um, who knows where these thoughts come up uh, when you're four years old? But I do remember thinking in the middle of kindergarten that. I wanted to grow up to be like Elvis Presley. I didn't want to be Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. and so I've had offers to wear a white jumpsuit on stage. And no, I, I just don't go there. <laughs> mm, that's rather interesting. I think some people would jump at the chance of being an Elvis impersonator as long as you got paid um, Elvis money. I know some people who have been uh, Elvis impersonators. It's, um you know, the fact they enjoy it, get out of the house. They love to perform and everything else you know those things too so you know you know we just had all that and um was it one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career you know besides the amplifier and um and, and your sister going to see elvis in san francisco what else is that one precise moment for you that influenced you you know i just remember sitting in front of the victrola that's what mama called it uh i believe it was a crosby crosley crosley yes turntable and uh, radio combo that we had. And the speaker was probably about, oh, six inches big. And at six months old, I probably wasn't much bigger than that. Oh, my gosh. I, I literally remember, sis, putting on records like My Baby Left Me, Hound Dog, uh, Ready Teddy by Little Richard. And whatever was coming out of that speaker – 
vibrated everything in my body. So yeah, I remember that and it was exciting and it was love and it was joy. And it's like, I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that early. It's amazing. You're like the first guest who um, is actually influenced by something like for the rest of their career at less than a year old. I mean, I think you've got the record so far, six months. <laughs> well, yeah. And we haven't even gone into past lives yet. We won't go there. <laughs> it's I'm perfectly Irish. okay. I'm, I'm sure Elvis is like, you know, Hey, it's okay. I'll get I'll get you um a jelly donut later when you come up to rock and roll heaven one day. So <laughs> and I'll save I'm, you a peanut butter and banana sandwich. I'm Irish on mama's side and Cherokee Indian on daddy's side. So I tell folks I've got a double shot of being psychic. I'm not a mind reader, but I am psychic. So it does happen every now and then. <laughs> Oh my goodness, ain't that some? I'm sure Elvis is listening by now with what you're saying too. And um, yeah, good job, GCB. I, I had what years ago at one of our shows, uh, there was a friend of a friend who came and she was a psychic. Oh my gosh. And the band went on break and I went down to say hi to her and she was looking at me as if she'd seen a ghost. I go, you look like you've seen a ghost and you see ghosts all the time what's wrong what's going on and she's looking at me and she's looking above my head which means she was looking at my aura and looking back down at me and she goes do you realize when you sing elvis presley songs that you're channeling elvis presley what do you think about that and i said please tell me i'm channeling the cool elvis presley from the 1950s and not the white jumpsuit from the 1970s <laughs> Was just kidding. <laughs> and she said, well, I don't know much about Elvis Presley, but she says, as a psychic, I can tell you, each um, spirit has its own indigenous vibration. And his is very heavy in your space when you sing his songs. How do you do that? I go, you're a psychic and you channel people and you're asking me how I do that? <laughs> well, and I told her just exactly what I told you a minute ago. I go back to being six months old and sitting in front of that Crosley Victrola, as Mama called it, and feeling the energy of these wonderful records just shaking my body. And it was just a joyous, wonderful feeling and wanting to do that. So I said, every time we'll do an Elvis song or a Little Richard song or, or Fats Domino, I close my eyes and that little kid inside here just says, I want to sound just like that. And you just let go and let it happen, you know? So that, that's what happens. Oh, that is too cool. I got to say that. And um, hey, is my jello donut ready? I, he <laughs> says, we'll have a rim, man, for us, son. Come on, ready for me. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, well in fact, in fact, uh, I, I'm not having dinner until I get that jelly donut from Elvis. So I have to uh, get more motivated for that. So <laughs> well, there's a song in here somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh, and besides Elvis Presley, who are you some of my other favorite singers, songwriters, and um, artists, musicians growing up besides Elvis? Well, you know, to me, it's all rock and roll. So uh, by the time I got to high school. Uh, all the kids were listening to the Jefferson, what you call it, and the Grateful Dudes. And I was still listening to uh, Buddy Holly and Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry. And I'm going, no, you guys, that's not rock and roll. This is rock and roll. However, you know, there, there were um, several bands that were pop and groups that were popular then when I was in high school, which is 69 to 73. 
my favorite band, bar none, was Creedence Clearwater Revival. And that's because their main influences were Sun Records and Chess Records, just like me. Mm. Second favorite band came from Manitoba, Canada. The Guess Who. I love. Oh yes, singers. Guess Who. Burton Cummings. They and are Randy the Bachman. pride of Canada. Yeah. yeah. In fact, where we're located, it's like they talked about all the time. It's um not too far from Manitoba, about what three, five hours away from Winnipeg. Everybody still talks about the guess who of all people. How do you like that? I love great guitar players. I love great singers. I love great songwriters. Uh, uh, number three, when I was in high school, was a group called Three Dog Night. Mm, I remember that, yes. Great singers. I love The Temptations because uh, all five of them were lead singers. They got to trade off all the time. And uh, I love Gladys Knight and the Pips. I had an incredible crush on Gladys Knight. I mean, you're 15 years old, and... At that age, you've got hormones dripping out of your ears, let alone any, any place else. And you're walking <laughs> between classes, and everybody's playing, if I were your woman, it's like, this is not fair. <laughs> she, she also had a song called, You Need Love Like I Do, Don't You? And the hook line is, it seems like I'm looking in a mirror when I'm looking at you, and I'm like, this is really not fair. So <laughs> those were, you know, some of my favorite people in high school. Nowadays, um... There's a brand new record out by this girl called Jax, and it's called Victoria's Secret. Huh, and, interesting. Oh, you should. I, I recently discovered a real live top 40 station here in the San Francisco Bay Area, which we have not had since, you know, for 20, 25 years. When I was growing up and listening to KYA and KFRC AM, they play Frank Sinatra. The next record would be Aretha Franklin. The next record would be The Beatles. I mean, whoever had a hit record got played. You didn't have to have 25 different stations doing specific styles. Well, we finally have one back. And this little girl, Jax, the, the song Victoria's Secret is all about little girls growing up being measured up to the image of a Victoria's Secret model. I like that. And haven't we all had to measure up to a, an image that we couldn't? And uh, I think the song rocks. It's also hysterical at the same time. Um, there's, uh, I, I love uh, Taylor Swift's new record, uh, Antihero. I mean, for someone, it, it was really impressive as a songwriter how she captured uh, issues of mental illness in that song. Uh, it, so there, I, I hate to talk about people I went to school with, but... When it comes to music that's out there right now, they're all starting to sound like <clears throat> our parents. There's oh, no yeah, I get there. that all the time. You put on 70s and it's like, oh, that's mom and dad music. They'll make fun of it. It's like, you know, we make fun of music, what they listen to. Now it's like we're getting the brunt of it. I know what you mean. <laughs> there, there's All I'm saying is that to me, it's all rock and roll. There's a lot, a lot of good records out there. A lot of good songwriters. Um, uh, who's the fella from Hawaii? Bruno Mars. I'm a real big Bruno fan. Mars. Of Bruno Mars. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, the guy can play double bass and sing, you know, yeah. get on and uh, put on guitar, piano, and just about every instrument possible. And yeah. I look, it's like, this is the best multi-instrumentalist and most complex and can yeah. sing I've seen and heard in yeah. a long time. I went, whoa. That kid grew up listening to every record James Brown ever put out. I was, I'm proud of him. He did his homework. Mm -hmm. He so certainly good. does as well too. And by the way, what was it? What's the name of the radio station that's um, playing the 
the actual top 40 for first time in 20 years. Uh, I want to make a note of it and, and give it a oh. listen. So everybody, you can take notes of it too if you miss ultimate top 40, like back in the day, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s and all that. Well, this is a this is all new music. It's not a traditional 50s or 60s or 70s top 40. It is that format. They're just playing the new records. And I forget the call letter numbers, but they're at 99.7 on the FM dial here in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I'm sure you can uh, look them up. I was just, you know, in my car one day hitting buttons and surfing, and all of a sudden they played this new song by Jax called Victoria's Secrets, and it rocks. And I just left the station on, and they were playing the new one by Beyonce, and then they, they played the new one by Taylor Swift. And uh, I'm like, wow, there's some really, really good stuff. And they were... It didn't matter. Ed Sheeran's being played on there, so it doesn't matter what style. It's just whatever's a hit, that's what they're playing. So everybody here in the Bay Area, I highly suggest this station if, if you want to get back in touch. Because for a long time, I, I, I've been co-writing with, with a lot of people, and uh, <clears throat> there's three friends specifically. We've turned into a bit of a group. We call ourselves the Love Avengers. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, the the other three were talking about all these artists that are out right now and i didn't know who they were talking about i kind of felt like they were on earth and i was way out on the planet mars you know kind of out of touch <laughs> and when i discovered the station like oh my god this is who they're listening to so it's great to have an outlet back here again you know san francisco bay area is another market that has not had a country station in a good 25 30 years mm -hmm. uh, you have to go out into the valley where Sacramento and San Joaquin is, that's about mm, hour and a half drive. And, and, you know, traditionally in that part of the state, it's mostly agriculture. So uh, there, there's definitely more of a, a country feel out there lifestyle wise. So in the Bay area, there just has not been an outlet for country music. And, you know, my dad is from Augusta, Georgia. I was raised on what, what, what used to be called hillbilly music. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's country music, but people like Red Foley, Lefty Frizzell, Hank Williams Sr., Hank Snow, Eddie Arnold, you know, Patsy Montana. Oh, the and classic. Yeah. Patsy yeah. Klein. Then you got, um, oh my gosh, who else? Or, or Buck Owens, too. Bakersfield, California. I was going to mention that. Bakersfield, that was a hot area, too, for uh, country music. You know, they called the Bakersfield Sound. I remember that, Buck Owens. Yeah. Well, um, those three guys, Buck Owens, Merle Haggard, and Dwight Yoakam, God bless him, Dwight Yoakam is still waving that flag for the Bakersfield sound, even though I, I think he's really from Oklahoma or Montana or something. I'm not not quite sure. But mm -hmm. he's another one that moved out to California and got popular down in the L.A. area. But he he definitely does that Fender, Telecaster, twangy sound. So, uh, yeah, I love stuff like that. Oh it, oh, it does, too. And, of course, and we were talking about Top 40 Radio as well, too, and uh, having it back again. I also associate as the uh, AM style as well, too. I listened to it one day in Chicago, and here it is, like, Top 40, John Cougar. I'm like, oh, this is great. Next thing you know what? I'm working for the station. <laughs> oh, congrats. <laughs> that was, like, back in the 90s, though. It's like you had live jocks and everything, so it's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you didn't program it, but you were at least live on, on the air. You know, that that's a beautiful thing. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And of course, you've also got some music on there as well, too. You're creating your own um, fame and fortune. We'll be um, talking more with uh, Dave Crimmin and his new song, Come On, featuring the Jordan Airs. But first, listen to the Mike Widener Show at the MikeWidenerShow.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios. 
Visit our line at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. It's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention to Mike Whitener's show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you'll love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love will be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson-Zia has garnered great reviews and Eve Levin endorsed by Howard celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, Eminem's. So grab your copy today for Goes Missing by Mia Molson-Zia, available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com or from 40 podcast platforms. Heard in over 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Apple, Audible Music, as well as... um. On BitChute and Rumble, also on HamiltonRadio.net, every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. Take us with you on any mobile device. Subscribe to The Mike Widener Show on the YouTube channel. Follow The Mike Widener Show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok today. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out The Mike Widener Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out The Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash MiaMuslinsZM. For great books like Missing, Once and Wrinkles, also t-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash Mia Molson Zia. Check it out today. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the themikewidenershow.com. Make sure you do so today. We're here with the amazingly multi-talented veteran West Coast performer from San Francisco, Dave Crimmin, here on the Mike Widener Show. And um, you know, before we talk about your new song, Come On, featuring the Jordanaires, you share the stage with uh, Elvin Bishop, Greg Allman, James Cotton, and Coco Tail. And, um, you know, tell us about those. And who was your uh, favorite on that stage? What's it like uh, performing with them? Um, Coco Taylor was really a nice guy. He was really awesome. Um, you know, I, I have several effects I use on my guitar, and one of them is called tremolo. And this is what Chet Atkins used on those Everly Brother records back in the 50s. Mm -hmm. I always play the intro to an Everly Brothers song called Devoted to You. It was a top 10 record for them in 1958. And so we're doing our sound check. And I always do that opening guitar riff just to make sure I got the speed and everything on the tremolo set proper. And Coco Taylor comes running out. He goes, oh, my God, you're playing Devoted to You. Oh, my God, <laughs> nobody plays that. And he goes, oh, my God, I wow. saw the Everly Brothers once. They kicked my butt. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> yeah, I was really touched that it was so innocent the way he, you know, ran out and said that you know that was a lot of fun um james cotton uh one of uh many blues cats that was recording on sun records mm -hmm. way before carl perkins and and elvis presley he was in the early 50s with uh howlin wolf and bb king when sam phillips was experimenting with him he was just the most grounded sweet man in in the universe and his band was really sweet to play with um uh, greg um i really didn't meet greg i mean we kind of passed each other backstage uh and i forget the name of the lead guitar player he 
he's still with the Allman Brothers as well. Uh, he was really sweet about because I accidentally unplugged his Marshall stack so I could plug Oops. mine in. And well, and he had a special rig to where it stayed warmed up and this that. So he was he came out. He was really sweet. He says, hey man, don't do that. I got to do this. But he says, here, I've got an extra plug just for someone like you. And he plugged my amp in, and I'm like, well, that was really sweet. And then uh, we got done opening, and and this was one of the first times that I'd ever opened for anybody that was like a major name. So we go backstage and I had so much adrenaline running. I go, somebody hand me a beer. <laughs> and after about three beers, I was still sober. That's how much adrenaline was running. Wow. And so we're backstage and John Lee Hooker shows up. I like and that. Greg, Greg wants John Lee to come out on stage and jam with them on one way out. And John Lee says, well, all right, what key are you going to do it in? And Greg says, we're going to do it in the key of A, just like the Allman Brothers did. He says, no, you're not. You're going to do it in the key of G, just like I did in 1947. They got into an argument over what key they were going to do the song in. And oh it got gosh. to the point where John Lee just turned around and walked out. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, somebody hand me another beer. <laughs> <laughs> here, here, John, you can have one. Greg, you're going to have one. Yeah. Shut up and come together. <laughs> No, I wasn't in a position where I could say something like that. I'm, I'm like, I, I, I know I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you know, he want to do it in G. He want to do it in A. I says, well, let's do it in C. How's that? Like, you know, <laughs> come together, guys. Will you, you heard compromise, guys? Come Love on. <laughs> Love it. Well, they get into their artist stance and male, you know, A type. And uh, no one backs down. So they just walk out, you know. Uh, I, so that that's what those experiences were and uh uh we uh opened for one of my favorite bands from the 90s one time uh the gin blossoms yes gin blossoms those are my fave yes love those guys and so i went backstage to get their autographs because i said hey guys i got some of your 45s and they were like we have 45s <laughs> yes you do <laughs> uh I, I think I think they're thinking of those uh, single cassettes that were big back then. I was buying those, and then I missed the forty fives. But then it's like you know, my God, cassette decks were all over the place. They were doing like you know the chrome, the metal, and everything like that. And then you know every car stereo had to have a cassette player. And it's like they're singing little cassettes too. And um, I still have some, believe it or not. I don't know how much they're worth, but <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> well, I'm a huge vinyl nut, and oh, I've through, always been too. Yes, have you? Yeah, through throughout the nineties and the early two thousands. You could still get 45s and LPs. You just had to shop for them. And there, eBay wasn't a really big thing then. So it was a challenge to find all these, you know, mom and pop record stores that are all over the place. And uh, it was actually kind of fun to go hunting for them, you know. So it, oh, it yes. was fun. It was mm -hmm. fun. And also secondhand stores too will sometimes have them like a Goodwill, Salvation Army, or whatever it is. I was thumbing through them like, Oh my gosh, a Led Zeppelin once is like, should I get her or not? But then they're also wrecked as well, too. And my daughter got me um a Queen album for my birthday. I was like, an original final. I think it was with uh, Day at the Races or something. It's like she found that for just a few bucks. And um, you know, I was given some vinyl too by people. So like, oh, we found a garage sale and um everything like that. So yeah, you never know. Um, we can find a garage sale. And there was a time too that um I found no I found a Peter Gabriel album, 1980, had games without frontiers, didn't sell well. Got for right. like five bucks, and people looked at me like, 
you waste a five bucks in that crap. And look at this. It's like, it's one of the more iconic albums, uh, you, you know, from the eighties. It's like, I, I can sense good music than you idiots out there. So <laughs> I will, I was um, visiting Arlene, my oldest sister, um, for years and years. Her and her husband lived in uh, Alabama, and I was out there one summer. I go, sis, you ever been to Memphis? She goes, no. I says, come on, we're hopping in the car, and we're going to Graceland, and we're going to Sun Records. And so it was sis, her oldest boy, Joe. He's my nephew that's two years and one day younger than me. He's more like a little brother. Mm-hmm. And, my, and and my first wife Debbie at the time, and we made the drive up, and we went to Sun Records, which was more interesting for me than Graceland, even though it was just this little funky room. Mm-hmm. And so upstairs is uh, a shop where you can buy all you know merch, memorabilia, this kind of stuff. So this is a true story. I asked the fella behind the counter. Y'all got any Sun 78s, not 45s, but 78s? And he said, quote, yeah. Y'all got any Elvis Presley Sun 78s? No, but I know somebody that does. Hmm. Is it for sale? He says, let me call. He goes back, comes out. Yeah, it's for sale. Which one is it? Oh, he goes back, calls the guy, comes back. Now, a lot of my family's from the South, so I'm not making fun of anybody. It was just this innocent conversation. He says, it's good rocking tonight, which was Elvis Presley's second record in 1954, recorded right there at the studio downstairs. I go, how much does he want for it? He goes, oh, he has to go back. Call him again, oh comes God. back out, says he wants to sell it for $325. I says, where is he? He goes, oh, goes back, calls him, comes back out. He's, and he wrote down the name of his store and the address. I go, how far is that from here? He goes, oh, goes back, calls, oh my comes back, writes the directions down. I go, can you have him hold it for me? He goes, oh. <laughs> goes back, calls him, comes back. Yeah, he's holding it for you right now. It's about five minutes from here. Thank you. Get in the car and go. We're we're like trailblazing down there. Get out of the car, and I've got two steps into the store, and Arlene grabs me by the collar. And she sounded just like my daddy from Augusta, Georgia, our daddy from Augusta, Georgia, when she said, quote, you're going to pay $325 for a record, boy? And I looked at her and I said, sis, I can go back to San Francisco right now if I wanted to and sell that record for $1,500. She goes, go buy your record, boy. (laughs) (laughs) So we went in and not only did we get Good Rockin' Tonight by Elvis Presley, but the original version of Baby Let's Play House by Arthur Gunter. Nice. Baby, Baby, Let's Play House was Elvis's fourth record on Sun Records. So my nephew and I would go back to the motel, and we had to go outside of the county and get a six-pack of beer because Memphis is in Shelby County, and I got the rude awakening that it's in a dry county, dry as in prohibition to this day. 
So we go out and get a six pack of beer and we go back. And then for like three hours, we had both of these records just sitting on top of the bed and we'd stare at them like little kids that found the Holy grail, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like these are original Babe Ruth baseball card type thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, about every half hour we turn them over so we could see the other side of the labels. <laughs> Pardon me, folks. <laughs> Record collectors and musicians do stuff like this, you know. Oh yeah, just just like baseball car collectors. You're right. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow. <laughs> so I'm proud to say that uh, um, there were Elvis Presley's first 29 singles released from 1954 to 1958 on both Sun and RCA Victor. And I have all 29 of them on the 78 format. Nice. Know? Which is a format that all, it, it always intrigued me. Because, you know, when I was growing up, you know, and here again, it's the late 50s. 78s were being phased out and 45s were being phased in. Now, 78s were usually my parents' records, like uh, Prez Prado and Nat King Cole and Frankie Lane. You never saw Elvis Presley or Little Richard on 78s at that no, time. No, no, no. They're associated with the 45s. I know what you're saying, but, you know, that's like a rarity, though. That's the thing. Yeah, they did make them. It's just that they, they didn't make as many of them. It wasn't as popular. It was being phased out. So to find these things is, a for me, a bit of Americana, you know, and uh, little rock and roll history. I'm, I'm big into the history of the music, too. Mm-hmm. And, and you certainly create a lot of music as well, too. And... um and I think I, I was trying to think, I think we, uh, I don't know if we talked about uh, gracing the stage with uh, Elvin Bishop. Do we get to that part? No, I can't remember. You know, I don't think we talked about Elvin Bishop. If you see Elvin Bishop on PBS or any of the shows, he is what he is. He's just a good old boy and he's a great player. And uh, they're back in the seventies, over in Oakland, across the bay from San Francisco, uh, during the summertime, they'd have what's called Days on the Green. This mm -hmm. is where they'd take the Oakland Coliseum, the baseball stadium, and 70,000 people could show up. And you could, you'd start at 11 in the morning, and it'd go till 6 or 7 at night, because in the summertime, it don't get dark till 9. And you'd see... Uh, you know, Dolly Parton, Elvin Bishop, Loggins and Messina, the Doobie Brothers and the Eagles, all on the same bill for 15 bucks. Nice. This is back in the 70s. And I think uh, I wasn't opening for Elvin at this time. But to give you an idea, Elvin doesn't mean to be sexist. He doesn't mean to be ignorant. He's just a good old boy. And Dolly Parton was on the bill before him, and she pulled out an Elvin Bishop song. And he comes out on stage to do his set, and halfway through the set, he goes, that woman just did one of my songs. He goes, just to know one of my songs passed by her lungs makes life complete. Hmm. That's Elvin Bishop. <laughs> it's all oh, like that. I don't know if you can put that on the air, but hey, it's okay. It, it's okay. That's what getting me full round fell in love. You don't know, get that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Oh my gosh. That is something as well, too. <laughs> oh my goodness. And of course, you got your own music, Full Circle, Big Daddy D, where he left off, the son of Sun and more. And um, we'll be talking about Come On in Just a Minute with Dave Kriman. You listen to the Mike Widener Show at the Mike Widener Show.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios. 
Visit our line at soundcrabstudios.com for all your needs. And brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Widener Show, International Warring Author, Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We'll be back with the multi talented veteran West Coast performer from San Francisco, Dave Krimmen, after this time. The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.sonicwebstudios.com for all of your online needs. Call 1 800 303 3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today. Mention the Mike Wagner Show and get 20% off your project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Hey everybody, my name is Forbes Riley and I'm an American actress and a TV host and I was delighted when I got my copy of Missing, which is Extraordinary Relation of Ordinary People based on a real life relationship. It's just, it's well written, it's amazing. You know, it talks about a man who has lost his wife and his daughter, and it's very well done. I'm going to highly recommend that you go get your copy of Missing. It is a powerful, exciting read. Mr. Mian Moshe Zia, he is the author of Missing. And I want to give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamoshenzea.com. Missing, available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Hey, hey, this is Ray Powers, and boy, are you in luck. Right place, right time. Tuned in to the Mike Wagner Show. You heard me. We're back with the amazing, multi-talented Dave Krimen from San Francisco here on the Mike Wagner Show. You share the stage with Elvin Bishop, Greg Allman, just a lot of great stories, big influence, uh, Elvis Presley and more. You also have some other material like Full Circle, Big Daddy D, where he left off and the son of sun, y'all appropriate sun records. And uh, tell us more about those releases and um, inspirations, stories behind the songs and everything like that, especially the son of sun. Well, uh, September, 1989, I met one of my idols, Carl Perkins. Mm-hmm. He was playing in Marin County, just North of San Francisco. And during the day, my favorite record store at the time hosted a good old fashioned autograph signing party. So I went up there to get a couple of my records signed by Mr. Perkins, and we got talking, and I said, you know, I am a singer-songwriter myself, but I don't have a professional manager. I says, I'd love to write some songs for you. How do I get them to you? And he looked at me and said, quote, do you write songs in my style, boy? <laughs> What'd you say, boy? <laughs> he scared the heck out of me, and my family's from the South. My dad talks just like that. But... uh I said, yes, sir, I do. So all of a sudden I had to round up some friends to record demos of the songs I'd written. That turned into a band. Those three demos turned into, you know, an album. And so that really started my recording career was meeting Carl Perkins. And, I like that. And, you know, ever since then, it's it's been basically a theme. Son of Son, well, you know, I never recorded at Sun Records or on Sun Records. But Lord knows I've been influenced by him. So that's where the title came from that. Uh, my album, Where He Left Off, we're referring to Elvis Presley. It's just basically we're picking up where he left off. Mm -hmm. um, Big Daddy D, a uh, guy that played drums for me for about nine or ten years. Salvatore Diamato from Brooklyn, New York. He still talks like he's from Brooklyn. Really? And, I like that, huh? You yeah. talk like that? It's yours, it's yours? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um 
And so that he had nicknames for everybody in the band, and mine was Big Daddy D or Big Daddy. So uh, <laughs> that's where the name of that album came from. And, and it's all, you know, I, I mix up the styles a little bit. But basically, you know, I'm waving the flag for that 50s rock and roll style, you know, and uh, I, I kind of make the joke, uh, we're like Jay Leno on that old Doritos commercial. Try mm-hmm. us again for the first time. Yeah, rock and roll. Try us again for the first time. How do you like that? Jay Leno, what a classic. I could steal him, um, see him see him driving one of the classic cars like that Mustang, Camaro, or I mean, God, how many classic cars does he have? Like, God, a hundred of them by an hour or something along with like 50 classic Harleys. It's like he's got a big garage full of them. He's got a warehouse, I'm sure, and he can afford it. So, you know, God love Jay Leno. And he's always been one that, you know, supported a lot of musicians who had you know records out that might not have been the flavor of the month and and gave them a lot of uh airtime and publicity just like you're doing for me right now so god bless you guys thank you and big 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 shout out to john who introduced me to you uh we got to talking one day and uh you know he's a big doo-wop fan Oh, yeah. He's like the uh, big ones, like from the East Coast, Jersey, Philly, New York, and all that. It's like, you know, I got a lot of guests from him like that. It's just an amazing guy. Thank you, John. You're amazing. God bless you. We were talking, and I says, well, you know, he was talking about the Belmonts and a few of the other folks that were signed to Lori Records. And I go, well, you know, I met Dion one time. And he's like, you met Dion? We're not worthy. You you talked to Dion? <laughs> <laughs> Wayne's World, Wayne's World. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and Dion was a great guy and and is a great guy and a great musician. He still sings all of his songs in the original keys. Um, it was at Hot August Nights in Reno, Nevada. They have this every summer. It's a big car show, and they invite tons of folks to perform. Like, I saw Dion there. I saw Johnny Rivers there. Um but, you know, talking with Dion, you know, he's talking about writing the song Teenage in Love. Mm-hmm. And I had handed him a copy of my, what was then my current single, 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air, which mm-hmm. you guys are going to be playing. Thank you. And it, it, we put it out as a vinyl 45 RPM record with a pictured cover, just like Elvis's records used to be. And um, it, I was standing in front of my buddy's turquoise blue 57 Bel Air Chevy. To me, the most beautiful car in the world. And he looks oh, at me. Oh yes. He says, "Is that your car?" And I had to bite <laughs> my lip because you know Dion's from Brooklyn. It's a car. My mom's from Boston. It's a car. A car. <laughs> Wait, drive that car and get in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and, and go to Harvard. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So he says, "When I was kid, when I was writing that song, it was in the backseat of a car, just like that." Well, I'm biting my lip for two reasons. Number one, the ghost of my mom is laughing hysterically in my ear. (laughs) And number two, I was thinking, just what were you doing in the backseat of that car? And who were you doing it with? But I didn't have the guts to ask him. It's like, this is Dion. He's God. Don't mess up. And, and of course, don't piss off the Wanderer, too. That's the thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, a big shout out yesterday was Brenda Lee's birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Brenda. And I met Miss Brenda at the Rockabilly Hall of Fame in Jackson, Tennessee. Um, There was a jam session where we all got together and and 
you know, had fun. And I got to do a few of my songs. And the next morning, they had a good old-fashioned meet and greet at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my goodness. So my wife's in the shower, and I go downstairs to the cafeteria to try and find some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and here's Brenda Lee talking to Bob Timbers, the president of the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. And she cuts him off and walks across the room towards me and grabs my hand and says, I want to tell you, I saw your show last night, and I think you were really talented. I appreciate what everything that you did last night. You are really good. Now, I haven't had my first cup of coffee, and I'm looking at Brenda Lee, and I'm thinking to myself, don't turn your head. She is talking to you, not the guy behind you. This really is Brenda Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I says, yeah, thank you, Miss Brenda. Where'd they put the coffee? She starts giggling. She grabs my hand. It's over here, darling. <laughs> don't they know we're musicians we don't get up before one o'clock in the afternoon and she was just a joy to be with and we get to the to the the meet and greet and they sit me down next to dj fontana elvis presley's drummer from 1956 to 1968 oh yes and dj god love him he's another sweet man and he's a good old boy here we go again you gotta speak southern and if he don't know you too well, if you ask him a million questions, you get two answers. Yep and nope. That's it. He doesn't <laughs> talk that much. And uh, we had a couple of girls come up to us at our table, and they looked at me and said, we saw y'all the jam last night, and my girlfriend just told me y'all had never played together before. How do you do that? And I looked at DJ. I go, DJ, how many times have you played Hound Dog? And he looked at me, rolled his eyes, and just looked away. That was his answer. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't want to discuss Don't it. even want to talk about that. <laughs> I, I go, you see, darling, once you know the song, just give me the key and count it out, and you just go. And she goes, oh, that's really interesting. Can I have your autograph? Sure. Fine. You're not with the IRS? Fine. <laughs> you don't work for eBay? Fine. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, I did a search on eBay one time, and I found one of my 45s for sale on eBay. Oh, my goodness. And, you, you know, you kind of know you've made Americana. You finally made it when you see one of your own records on eBay. And uh, the guy just said, if you like Elvis, you'll like this guy. I'm like, okay, that, that's, that's good publicity. That's fine. Mm -hmm take it you know and ironically i was um uh big tipping of the hat to canada um i mike i forget where you are where are you located i'm sorry we're we're, we're located uh to, in uh outside bismarck north dakota 250 miles south of canadian border if that gets well, you idea. so so uh, a word to wise everybody feel free to go further north just watch out for the hockey pucks <laughs> well um years ago i signed up for BMI, uh, them and ASCAP and CSAC are the three organizations that collect royalties. Mm -hmm. And I got into a bit of an argument with my big brother, Raymond. Mm. And I says, Raymond, I just signed up to be a writer and a publisher for BMI. I can't wait for my first royalty check. I'm going to mat it and frame it and put it on the wall. And typical big brother, he says, quote, David, cash the check. Put a color Xerox up there, end quote. I says, Raymond, it'll probably be for 98 cents, not worth paper and postage. Mm -hmm. So 
I get my first royalty check for AirPlay and Montreal in Ottawa for $5.15. And I called up my brother, Raymond, it's on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Proved you wrong, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm. Uh, it's just been a great ride, and uh, you know the the new single that's come out with the Jordanaires on it. This was recorded on my album Big Daddy D, but I've you know made the choice to go back in and take all of my catalog and uh, uh, remix and remaster it all because people are listening with um, different ears nowadays, and we actually shortened this from four and a half minutes down to 303. Oh, wow. And, and somehow radio picked up on it and the internet picked up on it and it's going through the roof. And, you know, it. there's a little kid inside here that's going, oh my God, I'm singing with Elvis Presley's people. This is like a dream come true. You know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's really great that you guys are, you know, taking the single and uh, letting folks know about me. So, you know, God bless and thank you. Mm-hmm. And God bless you guys as well, too. And um, with uh, Come On and uh, 57 Chevy Bel Air and everything. And uh, where can we find all your music at, by the way? Oh, I'm easy to find. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn. I think the only one I'm not on right now is, uh, uh, what's that one where you make little films and stuff? TikTok. Thank you. That one. I'm not on that one yet. I can only... You know, I have to manage a lot of this myself. So somewhere along the line, I have to have a life and I have to write songs. So, you know, some things have to be put off for a while. But, yeah, just run a search on on Dave Crimmin, Google search. It'll all come up. Um, kind of a little story about my three older sisters. I always tell folks, yes, David is on my birth certificate but there's only four people in the world that call me David. That's my mom and my three older sisters. Mm -hmm. And Phyllis, the second oldest one, called me up years ago. She's 19 years older than me and technically my godmother. Mm -hmm. And uh, get a call from David. I've been doing a Google search on you and I can't find you anywhere. <laughs> I go, sis, I do a search like once every six months just to see what's out there. Just curious. And last time I, I did, there was like 90 different sites and pages with me on them that came up. Oh my I go, gosh. sis, who are you looking for? She goes, I keep looking for David Crimmin. I go, sis, try Dave. And you hear click, 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 click. And she sounded just like our mother when she said, quote, oh, there you are. <laughs> love you sis really i love you <laughs> yeah that stuff will happen too i'll tell you <laughs> oh my gosh and the only time i like being called davy great is with an irish brogue i or with a scottish bear because it just sounds right to me because we're irish on, on mama's side and in the 90s there were a gazillion Irish bars in San Francisco and they loved live music. You could make a living just playing the Irish bars. Well, being a singer, I fall into accents. I don't mean to make fun of anybody at all. I just think there's a little five-year-old kid that goes, wow, I love the way you're talking. That's a neat noise. How do you do that? <laughs> and so I love accents. I love languages. And my mom 
hated it when I spoke the Irish brogue. There's another story in that. We'll talk about that at another time. Oh, 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 oh that's fine. Because I was going to say, it's just like, if, if you had that, it's like, you know, I play good music and it's not crap. <laughs> when I hear Davy in an Irish brogue or a Scottish brogue, right, Davy, we love your music, Davy. Your music is fantastic, Davy. It sounds right to me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, right place at the right time. It's like, you know, not, 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 not buy me a pint, will ya? <laughs> <laughs> we had, we were playing the Irish Cultural Center one time. And there was a little lady when I came on break and she comes up to me and she only came up to hear on me. She was just like my mom. I'm six foot four. She was five foot tall. Wow. And she looks at me and says, what's with the phony brogue? You've done everything except say faith and bragara over the microphone. What's with the phony brogue? I says, well, mom. <laughs> If you think the brogue be that funny, you be arguing with me great-grandmother, Bridget O'Brien from Jail Street in County Cork. She doesn't bat an eye. She goes, I'm from the finest county in all of Ireland. I says, what might that be, Mum? She says, Waterford, County Waterford. Tis the finest county in all of Ireland, she says. I says, tis a grand county, Mum. But you know the best thing about County Waterford? She goes, no, what's that? I go, it's right next to County Cork. And I walked away. <laughs> The husband comes up with a round of drinks for the band, and he's looking over his shoulder. This is a true story. I don't make this up. He goes, I'm proud of you, son. In 30 years, no one has ever shut my wife up like that before. <laughs> I go, don't do this to me. I just work here. Thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> Shuffle off to Buffalo, you know. I just work here sometimes, you know. Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for a seven course Irish meal, a potato and a six pack of beer. I'm ready for you, man. Seven course all the way. <laughs> First time we played the Abbey Tavern on Fourth and Gary in San Francisco. Very first time. I'm always the first guy there because I got to bring the PA system, set stuff up, tear it down, la la la. So I walk in with my two guitars, and one of the regulars walks right up to me, and he goes. What kind of music do you play by? <laughs> I thought, oh shit, we got a live one here. Oh, pardon me for saying that word. We're on here. Um, no, no, no. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> okay. I go, we, he says, do you play any Irish music? I go, no, sir. We play both kinds of music, rock and roll. <laughs> and I'm sweating bullets. He says, that's good. We don't want to hear none of that Irish stuff out here. And he walks away. I'm <laughs> I, th I thought I was going to say, don't do not play that crap. <laughs> well, you know this. This is way back in the '90s, so uh, it, it was a beautiful thing rediscovering my heritage because Mom never talked about her family growing up in Roxbury, Massachusetts. Never talked about any of that stuff. And so, within the first five minutes of the first two songs, I'm going, "Oh my God." That one's acting like mom. That one's acting like Arlene, my sister. That one's acting like Phyllis. Oh my God. We're not crazy. We're Irish. <laughs> Which could mean the same thing to some folks, but you know, I learned so much about my own family and my own heritage playing these bars because mom would never talk about it for some reason. I don't oh know. <laughs> Mom hated it when I spoke the brogue, and years later she had a stroke, and I was elected the, quote, in-house therapist. Mm -hmm. 
hated it when I spoke to Brogue. So one day I walk in there, she's sitting in her wheelchair. Mama, it's time for your exercises. And she looked at me and said, no. I sat down next to her. I says, Mama, you got to get up and do your exercises. You got to walk. She took her cane and hit it on the floor. And she looked me right in the eye and said, quote, you're getting pushy like your father. Him and Hitler were born on the same day. Oh, uh, no. Well, they were. A couple of Tauruses. So I looked her right in the eyes and said, well, Mrs. O'Flaherty, which was my nickname for her, I think I sit here now and speak to Brogue, you know, for the rest of the day. She said, stop that. You know I hate that. I go, mother, you have a choice. Get up and walk or I speak to Brogue, you know, for the rest of the day, Mrs. O'Flaherty. <laughs> she wouldn't talk to me, but she got up and walked. It's one for baby brother. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm sure she's taking her cane and, uh, you know, walking to the fridge and having a brew by now. He goes, that's my exercise for the day. Here's my real exercise. <laughs> well, only when she was really angry would mom get into cups, which was would be about like once every two years. And she'd like, she'd bypass beer and go right for shots of, you know, Jack Daniels or Jim oh. B. She, she, when she was ticked off, it was like the floodgates are open, run, hide, you know, for like two days. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, and, of course, I was thinking she could probably do some Irish whiskey as well, too. Really, man, you know, down some of that. <laughs> yeah, the, well, which wasn't in the house, but I'm sure she, if, if that was available, you, ne you never know. You just don't know. <laughs> mm, that's exactly it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, we got to do this again another time with more stories and everything else. And, um, you know, I forgot to mention you're also an author of two books, Images of American Broadmoor Village. And Daily City then and now I've been talking about you being an author. And it's like, you know, we. I mean, we got to buy our books. So I'm going to talk about your books. Am I right? Oh, yeah. You can you can get those at uh, Amazon or uh, the, the, the actual publishing house. I can't think of their name right now. Good God. Uh, but uh, images of America, you can find. You can do a Google search. Arcadia Publishing is what they call it. And uh, I had a family of people that came around, and and Arcadia Publishing puts out these local history books, little with the sepia colored, you know, covers. They're about twenty bucks a throw, and they're local history. Family that you know follows around brought in the um, the book. Images of America, Visitation Valley. That's a section of San Francisco where Candlestick Park was, where, you know, the Beatles' last concert, San Francisco Giants played, the 49ers played there. And uh, I said, that's cool. I was always bragging about Broadmoor because nobody knows where Broadmoor is. They think it's Daly City. It's not. And by the way, the Cow Palace where Elvis Presley played is in Daly City. It's not in San Francisco. Anyway. That's a classic. Yeah, that in the Fillmore's is like, boy, I thought about it. So it was like, I went to California. It's like, I should have visited San Francisco. You think about it. Fillmore, um, Cal Palace, and uh, the stick and all that. Yeah, we're not, we're not going anywhere. Uh, so I said, gee, somebody should do one on Broadmoor. So she comes in on the one on Daly City a few weeks later. I go, someone should do one on Broadmoor. So she calls me up one day, and she goes, I've got the editor of Arcadia Publishing on the other line. He likes the idea of a book on Broadmoor Village, and he wants you to write it because that's where you grew up. And I go, I write songs. I don't write books. But, you know, all of my friends that I grew up with said, hey, you were always bragging when we were kids and we were in Broadmoor, not Daly City. You really should write it. So I did. And then I got involved with a lot of local historical communities, Daly City, Colma, and uh, wound up co-writing with Bunny Gillespie, the one on Daly City, because she, she start, her and her husband started the 
Daly City Historical Society. So I, I'm really blessed that, you know, I I am now a published author. I'm not quite used to the word author yet, but uh, having that in the resume along with being a musician and a recording artist and, you know, having worked with the Jordanaires and uh, having a song of mine that I wrote recorded by, you know, Bill Haley's original Comets uh, was a dream come true. Mm -hmm. you know, I, uh, uh, I worked a couple of shows with them. I mean, obviously, Bill Haley wasn't around in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, 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 yeah. It's like whoever was there and everything else. I'm sure they had some good stories about Bill Haley, too. So, Oh, yeah. And, and uh, it was all the original guys. And they always bragged about how old they were on stage. They always said that they were on the Viagra tour. <laughs> they're hysterical. So oh, I man. Or, or they're on the stick, too. So Yeah. So I wrote them a song called We Ain't Dead Yet. And they put it on their last album, Age to Perfection. And I got a royalty check because apparently we had a hit single in Finland with Bill Haley's original comments doing one of my songs. And I mean, you know, to be able to give back to these guys that I grew up with, you know, really sort of completes the circle. So I'm blessed that I've had a lot of this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, Oh, yeah. And certainly blessed as well, too. We're here with uh, the multi-tenda Dave Crimmin of San Francisco here on the Mike Wagner Show talking about his latest release, Come On, featuring Jordan Ayers and um, his amazing career and everything else. What else can we expect in, in uh, 23 and beyond, Dave? What else can we expect from you heading into oh, next year? In, in doing the um, remasterings of a lot of my songs, my uh, you'll probably be playing it on your show, a, a song called Revved Up, which was a single from my album big daddy d well we've remastered it and a lot of folks are got favorable comments on it so i'm going to be releasing that as a single on january 8th which is elvis presley's birthday it's also david bowie's birthday so hey kudos to him too um working on uh new material i've this last year i had a, a client who wanted songs for uh movies and tv shows and she asked me can you write songs like johnny cash and i said with this her baby so <laughs> with uh with that i wrote and recorded five songs it's an ep which means extended play mm -hmm. uh and that's online uh it's called the ghost of jr uh and jr is johnny cash's real name mm. jr he you know that happens in the south a lot uh they give their kids initials not a real name and they don't mean anything so johnny was an adopted name his real name was jr cash so You're that's right. out. I'm very proud of that. That's making noise right now as well. So, you know, I really got to thank you for taking the time to let me jabber jaw with you and playing some of my records and God bless John. And, uh, I'm, I'm just really looking forward to, uh, you know, get a little further out of this COVID flu thing that's going on right now. And, uh, playing live again. Cause that, that's my real gig. I love performing live and, uh, Recording is fine, writing is fine, but that's where my gig is at. You, you also online, you might want to look up on Spotify a group called the Love Avengers. That's the four of us. We uh, put out a holiday single last year called Holiday Glow, mm -hmm. and uh, just found out it's getting played in over forty countries. And I looked at Tom, one of my co-writers, and I go, "Are there even forty countries on the face of the earth?" He laughed. <laughs> 40 other countries on the face of the earth it's like i i actually did um a count reason why i say over 100 countries i actually went through all my channels and even figure out there's like a maybe 
five or 10 islands have picked up on my show. And yes, they're little islands. They're considered countries. Yes, little islands, you know, considered countries. Love I, mean, it. I can't think of the name of the islands, but I look them like little island Japan, little island New Zealand, little island part of the United States. I went, that's a country. So, yeah. Okay. God bless them. Yeah. God bless them. So thanks for having me on today, Mike. Thank you. And appreciate it as well, too. And lastly, what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point? For anything. Finding a girlfriend, uh, being a musician, keeping your hair on the top of your head. What, what, what? So that's your I advice. Just, huh? Okay. <laughs> just, just, you know, find out what you love to do and do it. That's it. That's life. Let's have fun. That's right. That's right. You certainly have fun with Dave as well, too. And um, of course, we had Dave Krim on the Mike Wagner show, a veteran West Coast performer. Dave, a very big thank you. I'm absolutely amazing. I really enjoyed it. Looking forward to it soon. Please keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Definitely love to have you back. Once again, what's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your works? Real simple. Go to my website, DaveCrimmon.com. D-A-V-E. No, it's not David. It's Dave. And C-R-I-M-M, -M, like Mother E-N, like Nathan Crimmon. Uh, DaveCrimmon.com. There are links to all the social media, all the books, all the records, even the vinyl 45 RPMs, uh, Spotify. Link, all of them are right there. So just, just find me on DaveCrimmon.com. I've got my blogs up there where I delve into the history of rock and roll not just elvis presley but lots of folks i grew up listening to so yeah just come by and visit we will certainly do so dave a very big thank you for your time you've been absolutely amazing hell <laughs> i'll laugh looking forward again soon keep us up to date keep in touch levy back and dave you definitely have a great future ahead of you and um you know a little bit of scotch and uh we, we have to talk about that crop <laughs> <laughs> well how cold is it right now where you are <laughs> it's it's at least 49 degrees here in san francisco which for us is freezing but for you that's almost skinny dipping weather <laughs> well we'll have a debate about that after a few uh scotches and all that so we look forward to having soon and uh definitely keep in touch you're absolutely amazing god bless take care mike
The Mike Wagner Show is powered by Sonic Web Studios. If you're looking to start or upgrade your online presence, visit www.sonicwebstudios.com for all of your online needs. Call 1-800-303-3960 or visit us online at www.sonicwebstudios.com to get started today. Mention The Mike Wagner Show and get 20% off your project. Sonic Web Studios. Take your image to the next level. Hey everybody, my name is Forbes Riley, and I'm an American actress and a TV host, and I was delighted when I got my copy of Missing, which is Extraordinary Relation of Ordinary People based on a real-life relationship. It's just, it's well-written. It's amazing. You know, it talks about a man who has lost his wife and his daughter, and it's very well done. I'm going to highly recommend that you go get your copy of Missing. It is a powerful, exciting read. Mr. Mian Moshe Zia. He is the author of Missing. And I want to give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamotionzea.com. Missing, available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The Mike Wagner Show. Brought to you by international award-winning author Mia Mosinzia of Missing. And powered by Sonic Web Studios. Be sure to join us again on over 40 podcast platforms. And of course, on the MikeWagnerShow.com, HamiltonRadio.net, and Diamonds FM. Don't forget to support our program with a generous donation at the MikeWagnerShow.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>